Welcome to YouTube's favorite comic channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. We're going to take a look at uh, Joe Matarera's Savage Dragon today. But first, we want to let you guys know we're going to be celebrating Cartoonist Kayfabe comic book Christmas in July, last Saturday of July. What we're doing is grabbing a bunch of our comp copies uh, as creators. Uh, we're going to be grabbing a bunch of our doubles that we've accumulated over the past year. Uh, we're going to be hitting the dollar bins and scooping up some rad comics for, for cheap. And we're taking them around town and we're putting them into the free little lending libraries that, that dot our fair cities here in the States. We encourage you to do the same. Everybody uh, kind of happened upon comics in their own uh, interesting way, but it was almost always an accident if you didn't have like a cool big brother or something like that. So we're uh, adding to that chance that some cool people can uh, discover the beauty of comics and become future comic readers. Uh, we also are going to or have just been to Heroes Con. I'll leave it at that. But today, Jimmy, let's take a look at Vanguard issue number three with the young Joe Matarera before he was Joe Matarera. Uh, Eric Larson got a, got a hold of that fella, got him to do uh, a Vanguard issue. And if you get a talent like Joe Matarera on the hook, you got to make him draw your, your flagship character and see what that looks like. Am I right? Yeah, 100%. This is so interesting. I was kind of trying to peep. What is the publication year? Is this 93, 94? Okay, here's the thing. There's 93 cover uh, or a date on that cover art. Yes, and it's December 94. So this could have been sitting in inventory for yeah, who maybe. knows how long. I say that all just to kind of like create a scene of when this is, where this is. You know, this is probably the bubble starting to come together, but we're not going to see that ramification probably for another year whenever it really is like, okay, we're in trouble. But at this point, like these are still, you know, pretty exciting books to be working on. If you're a young Joe Matarera, let's see what Image has to offer, you know, because I mean, Image was doing record blockbuster numbers a year ago. Yeah, I believe at this point uh, he's not. On, I don't think he's on X-Men yet. I, I think it would be foolish to like, you know, not divorce yourself from your high paying X-Men job to like moonlight it. Yeah. Image Comics at this. But probably so post Deadpool. You know, like this would be a guy who's got a little bit of credits under his belt. Yeah, he did. He did his Marvel uh, Comics Presents stuff. He did a couple issues of Excalibur. Really made a name for himself with Deadpool. Some some A-listers there on color. Steve Olaf, one of the color credits. Absolutely, Ruben Brood. He would be a heavy hitter. And I got to give big shouts to uh, Gary Carlson, the guy who who got a lot of these dudes started, including Eric Larson uh, and Rob Liefeld through Megaton Comics. He's also the guy behind Big Bang Comics. Yeah. Who did, um, starts at Caliber, but then ends up at Image for a while, um, for a long, kind of a run. Like totally. at one point, the 1963 characters cross over there. Like I always think about binding a collection of 63. Right. Couple of appearances, a Shadowhawk and a Big Bang. So Gary Carlson's been around. I want to give big shouts to, to Uncle Gary, man. He just went through some cancer surgery. He's recovering, he's doing well. Uh, the the outlook was, was real good and uh, Go to his website, Megaton Comics, I think is the, is the thing, man. Go, go buy a bunch of stuff and uh, have some grace uh, when it comes to fulfillment, man. He'll 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 ship you some stuff, but he, he was going through, through some things and he's good now. But I'm glad you brought that up because like, what is Big Bang Comics? It's, cel it's a celebration of like Silver Age Comics. Uh, Megaton Comics wasn't that far from that either, man. Uh, all that to say that we have uh, an image comic that reads like a comic. There's an actual story here which is very rare for Image Comics, but uh, co-writer Eric Larson and Gary Carlson, both of these guys make readable comics, which is ridiculous that you have to say that about Image Comics, but you do. 
And uh, it starts off, we have a naked as, naked as a jaybird, as my pops would say, Vanguard, who is on the top of like uh, some Chicago theater. They still have Speedos on uh, a planet Vanguard. <laughs> Can't get totally naked. And I love, in between running around naked in this alien planet, he stumbles on like a, uh, a mugging, some kind of beatdown. Superhero comics. <laughs> it's this kind of stuff that Joe Matarero bangs. It's proportionality. It's the tapered... It's the tapered root of the leg that gets thick at the top. These are the tropes that people swipe from him. When he he changed the game from everybody doing Jim Lee clone artwork to Joe Matarera clone artwork. And these are the tropes. These big fists. Uh, a definite, much better awareness of anatomy than what the, the previous guys did but but um bubbly muscles that he himself pulls from like the snk fighting game the neo geo fighting game kind of art or like um street fighter 2. i love these two panels i think this is a really great arm back with the knife with that facial expression right you've got your direction device essentially pointing to where the impact point is and you've got this motion of the sound effect showing us this the knife is here setup follow-up and the impact that's a lot of stuff in half a page Facial expressions, this kind of facial expression, uh, this kind, the Mike Waringos, the Humberto Ramoses, certainly the Roger Cruzes, they all uh, were making note. The proportions, tiny head, big yeah. giant bodies. Cartoonist Kayfabe is brought to you by uh, the books that we make, but there's also a Patreon. King Kayfabers on that Patreon get all of the videos uh, before anybody else completely mitigates that Kayfabe effect, and they have access to our uh, weekly stream uh, where we create each of the episodes, completely removing the Kayfabe effect from uh, existence for them. Uh, the videos are brought to you by the books that we make. You're looking at a good sample of our bibliography but we have some additions to this man we never stop working jimmy's gonna have street angel princess of poverty coming to you this summer it is a companion piece to street angel deadliest girl alive uh it's different material it's from uh jim's pre-image days and you have both volumes you're gonna have all of uh the street angel content that jimmy has created to date i'm gonna have forthcoming the Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus is coming to you. I just got the cover proofs. Look at that. Look at that gleam. Look at that gleam. 504 pages. Look at the size of that spine. That's a lot of comics in that book. Comprises all four volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree. 140 pages of new material that uh, is not uh, has not been seen in any of the other volumes at this point. And I drew a bunch of new stuff for this comic. Also, there is a uh, X Men Grand Design trade paperback coming out that's going to have all three volumes of X-Men uh, Grand Design comprised into one volume. Uh, it's a trade paperback coming to you in time for the holidays, just like the Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus. And Red Room uh, is my new series. Red Room Crypto Killers Issue 1 is out in the wild, coming out on a monthly basis. Here's the cover for Issue 2, Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game in Red Room Comics. There are two trade paperbacks without that out in the wild as we speak. Now that we're done paying the bills, back to the video. He knew what we liked. <laughs> and here's what we came for. Yeah, dude. It's hard to draw. Very hard to draw. And it's interesting, the stuff that's like maybe not totally formed yet in Madeira, Joe Madeira, because like the legs are sort of like 
mm, they're there, they're okay, but it still looks like he's working out stylistically certain things. It, but it's cool to see him take on a character like Dragon. It takes him a while on uh, X-Men to become who he is. Uh, with Brian Lee O'Malley, we took a look at his first uh, X-Men issue. And, uh, you know, I picked that up at the time and I recognized it as being pretty cool. But it wasn't what it became. You just knew that it was this dude locked in with potential energy that, yeah. that that he realized which was exciting you know there's a lot of creators that like could be contenders and don't do anything the style is still very different than the typical like the image style you know you totally. think of those guys there so it's it's pretty radical i liked larson's stuff i would follow his uh his corner of the universe of the of the image universe highbrow and i always liked it because he, he didn't bring guys in that were like eric larson clones you're right and I liked that. I liked totally. most of the artists he would bring in. Yeah, and and it's funny because like I was younger and I was like, you know, I'm not I'm Adam Hughes. Like, what is that? There's not enough lines on that. Jason Pearson. What am I going to do with that? And uh, Joe Matarera has a, an understanding of the form and the shapes, so he doesn't have to hide with in behind crosshatch. You know, there's not so much line pretty good design sense you yeah. know and, and for those that don't know he is in video games now and and uh it would be things like this, this is another it, one a lot of good stuff a good angle but also you're seeing the motion line for an arm that's swinging very i manga. think that's pretty pretty decent and i like this dragon head hard yeah angle to draw that fist it looks man. like that nose is getting flattened you know <laughs> I, what i mean like that's a pretty good it's a good punch yeah it's a good punch and like the no cell is important yeah because it lets you know who we're dealing with here this is a bad motherfucker right this alien ain't feeling that much. And then that's sharp as hell. <laughs> you could tell this is a Steve Olive colored page. Right. I could just tell. I don't know why I could tell. It's like all the little noodling and stuff it's in there. It's so funny. I look at this and wonder, is Matt Allison looking at this back in 1993? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. A canker artist. Like, there's something about that image that reminds me of him. Yeah, that body horror, Cronenberg shit, man. There you go, the facial expression. It's the it's the one small eye, the bigger eye. Mm -hmm. Matarera trope that he brought to the game that a lot of people swiped. This angle gets swiped from him. Like, where it's just like, you don't show the neck, you just show a little piece of the top of the head, that low angle kind of thing. He brings that to the game. And the dragon fin, not right. You know, like the way that the fin is, well, also the angle. Yeah. Like if you're in a profile, it's almost perpendicular to the forehead coming straight out. Right. And it's something that everybody Closer did this. this. Yeah, yeah. Everybody would do this. And uh, Larson would talk about it in the letters column. And, you know, if you were trying to draw it, you'd try to take notes and figure it out. Right. Yeah, he'll get it on the close-ups. Yeah, some of it, it's perfect. You know, like that's really good for straight on. It's just a line. Part of it, I think, is like we've all done a character like with a mohawk when you were a little kid, and a mohawk is up, but mm -hmm. the fin isn't up; it's forward. This is so cool too because like Vanguard can shapeshift, so now we've got two dragons. Yeah, and that's what I'm here for. I'd much rather see dragon than Vanguard. Right. So you get to see Joe Mad like really leaning in and doing some dragon art. Double the dragon. There it is. And the mouth is also a uh, a trope. That that kind of like angled mouth. That's the stuff that Roger Cruz and and then you'll start to see, you know, the job talent at Extreme Studios will start drawing that mouth and stuff. I'd be really curious to hear like an editor's take, like a Bob Harris or anybody that would have been looking at talent and being like, what do you see here? You yeah. Know, like what? How bad do you want to hire Joe Mad when you see this and why? What are the panels that speak to you? Seeing this cover, 
in the ads in Savage Dragon. I was definitely fucking with Savage Dragon. Was very exciting. Had no concept of this guy at all. Uh, the other pieces that I would have with this name and didn't know how to say for years and years was in the uh, Youngblood source books. He did a Die Hard. That was hard as fuck. And maybe one or two other pieces. So, like, he was on my radar for pinup quality shit. And then he did a, uh, covers, maybe the issues of um, some Excaliburs that uh, that I saw, that I picked up. I wasn't even fucking with Excalibur, but I saw it on the rack. I'm like, yo, this is sweet looking. And I scooped those up just on the strength of the art. I feel like this is a great panel. Yeah. You know, it shows your background and your characters interacting. It's dynamic and exciting. There's yeah. depth. You know, even this, like those figures are really, they're, they're strong, they're perfect. Even this, man. Like this is, uh, you know, this is pre, you know, procreate, swiping backgrounds type shit. Like that's good comic book background. Has the, has the energy that you need. And this kind of stuff, man. This is your, like where your Ramos is and stuff. Or like, all right, man, I'm putting my pens down. I'm changing my whole, my whole approach now. Like that could have been a Ramos piece right there. Yeah, there's an approach to these legs. Yeah, that runs through like that whole cliffhanger line almost. It becomes, it becomes a staple of '90s artwork, like uh, the hookups characters and like the Jenko jeans, silkscreen drawings and shit yeah. that that are on there would have these like big. It's graffiti, like mm -hmm. a graffiti energy, like brought into it. But, yeah, it was neat. The the big like feet. Yeah, there was something about that. I remember that being like a really. You know, I was trying to understand, like, I need to fold this in here. Even Rob Lifo kind of got into it whenever he, he did. did that shaft with, yeah, like, the with big the boots giant and boots. Stuff. Uh, you know, maybe Sam Keith would be, like, the, the proto version of that. <laughs> the, the I'm not Max, thinking of the, the Max, Max version. <laughs> I'm not thinking of the Max, but, like, of course, the Max is, like, far out. But, like, he would draw characters with those kind of big feet and stuff. But a version of that. It was almost, like, interesting to see the marriage of cartoon with, like, serious superhero the cartoon is something that came through for me looking at this book this week yeah those cartoon qualities because again like it just wasn't that time like that first year of image they're not very, they're, those are humorless most of them yeah you know mcfarlane has some cartoony stuff and larson i think is conscious of it but man like the jim lees and the life i was like that stuff is just grim and gritty and not a lot of humor he's going for like reasonably accurate drapery which none of the image dudes had to grasp on with the exception of maybe Larson would show off a little bit, but now nah, he would get weird with it. And Silvestri could do it. I was going to say Silvestri's probably the guy that could do drapery. He would never do it in that style of comic. Like you look at his old King Conan's or something and he, you could tell he could draw a folded piece of cloth. Yeah. And you know, that was something you had to used to learn. Like if you were reading submission guides, it was like, be able to draw regular people. You know, and that means regular clothes. And like at some point that just fell apart. Yeah. <laughs> when you just needed to put out new number ones, man, who cares? I love two ambitious shots of kayfabe in those back muscles. You know, you need to get your lats and you need to get your um, chicken wing, man, your, uh, your shoulder blade. But then you just draw the mashed potatoes and just, you know, go with the form. Just imagine bumps. That would be muscles. Sure. And, you know, you got you got the this one, you got the that one, and then you it's got ridiculous. those two little tubes from behind the ass. That whole Vanguard physique, I'm just uh, and to do it twice on uh, facing pages, and this punch that we've seen now a second time. He perfected it on this one, dude, because it was like pretty good on the other one. Uh, but like, you can't short shrift the curve of this because I fucked this up a lot, and it yeah. flattens out your guy. 
So he's good. He sees it. He's got the vision. You know, he's got. He could see these drawings in in space. All your wrist bracelets allow that curve. You know, like because it's just circle, circle, circle. So well, you should be able to do it. It challenges you to knowing that you have to do that. So you got to get that curve right. And, and dudes fuck that up because you know where you could see it often. Dudes fucking that up is just like say short sleeve. Yeah. Like they'll fuck that up and they, they screw up the tube of the arm, the cylinder of the arm. They flatten it. I too had much. one this week where it was like, also the way the curves are. I had a full figure. And like the other curves, I wanted to go the other way, and it was like, you got it, you got to pick, yeah, you, you pick do, where, you can, where your point of view where's is. The, where's the perspective? <laughs> That's exactly right. Where's the perspective? Um, you were pointing at this one, and I'm I'm ready for that too. What, what do you have to say about that panel? No, the Matt Allison joint, right? Like, oh like, yeah, that's that, great. That body horror, but also shades of uh, like McQueenie and uh-huh. like Hillary Barda when they did the blot or the blob or something like that for uh, for Alan Moore. I was gonna say like that's a thing that you could really mess up. Oh, you that's could for sure. you could draw that very poorly. Like having a face like animatedly changing shapes and stuff like that. It's a cool gimmick, but not an easy one to draw. No, you got the movement with the curve. Curves equal movement. So like Madureras understands that at least on an intuitive level. So like the curves help sell it, and it's very well lit. It's not hatching everywhere, but where the bolds are, I I'm yeah, it's good. Quite confident he chose that because like the pencilers of this day. The Mads and like the Ed McGuinnesses, if you ever see those pencils, the final ink might as well just be a bumped up contrasted version of the pencils because they are building in the thick and thins. You know, the McGuinness is an interesting name looking at this. It's I feel like there's some, yeah, like those guys very different as time goes on. But at this stage, like early in their careers, there's some some commonality there. Absolutely. And of course, you know, McGuinness does does a tenure at Deadpool as well, yeah. probably piggybacking off of this. And uh, yeah, they, of course, they were very spiritually close at, at a certain level for a long yeah, time. Yeah, early. Makes me wonder if McGinnis had that video game influence or something that he was drawing from. I, th- I think he was just pulling from this kind of stuff, man. Um, and, and the kids that I went to school with at, at art school, like coming off of the McGinnis and, and the um, Joe Mad, like they, they had the same pencil style where they would like blue line real thin. And then just like basically ink with the pencil and have the tightest pseudo inked pencils where, you know, it would be like, um, say like a line like like this one. Well, let, let me try to find a good one. Um, okay, like this line, it would be like two swoops of the pen and then you'd be filling it in. Right. That type of thing. Where the thick and thins of like a John Buscema would just be like natural. Like, but like in the pencils, where it would just be like naturally, you would see mm. just Use from, the side of the pencil. Yeah, or like just the pencils dulling, and the inker interprets it that way. This is that shit, like what you were talking about with that Rob Liefeld, where like the boot kind of thing, where this proportion is like very leg heavy. I, I think there's will be a comic called something like Foot Soldiers or something that was of that kind of Trent Canuga. Jim Kruger was the writer. I forget who the artists were on there. I want to say oming but it wasn't oming i forget who the writer or who the artists were on those but yeah like the big feet was a staple of like mid to late 90s aesthetic slowly getting more and more of the manga kind of flavor and we were looking at a yeah, wizard I see it here too those eyes we were looking at a uh wizard magazine that was highlighting the manga influence on creators and matt is talking about slowly getting his manga influence into the x-men books and there's like literally issues where they're in kimonos or whatever fighting right it's the ninja scroll issues you know we can look at those soon 
Uh, I would be happy to look at those soon. I got those in the bins right behind me. Such an influential uh, creator who who really doesn't get get the props for for that really. Like people like his work and stuff, but they the influence that he had was immense without e- even trying. It's it's interesting that influence because at some point like it just becomes mainstreamed. You know, it I'm, does. I'm thinking like the manga is is part of the stuff. And it's one of those things where it's it's a new idea whenever whoever starts it. Maybe Scott McCloud in 1984 with Zot. But then by the time it's like 2000 and whenever, 7 or 11, I don't know when, but it's ubiquitous. And, you know, like that transition from like nobody's doing this to everybody's doing it, not even thinking about it anymore. Right. It's a weird, gradual, but almost invisible thing. Because he does this, and we went through an issue with... Uh, with Brian Lee O'Malley. And I always think of like Scott Pilgrim, like I got volume one of that when it first came out and was like, oh, he's bringing, he's got the manga here that, you know, like Becky Clune. And there were people flirting with it, Brandon Graham, you know, you could see these snippets of it, but it was like, everybody's coming from these different angles. Yeah. And you know, Joe Mad, one of the first guys, but not the only guy. And then within a couple of years, it was like, it's here. Yeah, no, like, and I'm not saying like manga influence. I'm saying with the interpretation of manga with superhero style with these exact tropes you know this is Ale Garza on um Gen 13 later like like it's this I'm not talking about bringing chibi art or none of that kind of shit I'm talking about this specifically with these proportions mm. I could I could rattle off maybe a dozen dudes and probably everybody who ever touched um Gen 13 a, a pencil on a Gen 13 for for 50 issues or something uh, it becomes less about J. Scott Campbell and more about this kind of thing. They got together at the end and shook hands. Yes, of course, as as they should. And then is that brother I? <laughs> or Herbie? Or, or what's, what's, the, what's the Fantastic Four little robot called yeah. on the cartoon? Yeah. Herbie? Um, the proportions of Vanguard compared to uh, Dragon are always great. Like super gigantic, super buff compared to them. Uh, but just a great, you know, early issue of Joe Matarera comics. Most of his output, you know, X-Men, Battle Chasers, and then you gotta kinda like pick up the scraps elsewhere. And uh, this is a pretty good early scrap. Yeah, this is a good one. There's a lot of a lot of meat in this issue. I like seeing what everything, I mean, Spawn 20, you know, this is still early days. Yeah, for sure. It's it's fun to see like where where uh, everything is at. I thought there was like a checklist somewhere. Yeah, there it is. I was gonna say like Spawn twenty. We're still ramping up to Batman Spawn. I feel like this may be the uh, climax explosion, popping the bubble of the speculator. Could be, man. Cause like I was disappointed in it, and I'm I'm sure I wasn't the only one. Yeah, I I did not buy it when it came out. My buddy Jason bought it because it's very expensive, five dollars. That was that was mm-hmm. that was a lot of money. That was a whole week's worth of lunch money. Um, but very quickly at Toys R Us, there was a two pack with a DC one that was like $2 or something. That's the one that I bought. And you know what I did? I was like, you know, I read it. I read Jason's copy, so I don't need to read it. And I kept it in it's like plastic, like the thing that I bought it in, you know, like a weird blister pack or something. I'm like, I'm just hold on to it. But then, then, uh, the Jones came over and I'm like, I'm real curious what that DC one looks like. I'm so curious. And then I was like, fuck it. Just like one night, I'm like, I'm opening it. I'm going to read my comic. I feel like the fact that those were uh, two-pack in at a discount 
is proof of the, exactly. the bubble, uh, you know, bursting. Exactly. They printed a few more of those than they could sell. Mel Bolger was pissed off because he was sexless. Even his I toy. never, like, this was the weirdest part for me with, like, Spawn's success. Like, I would look at that character in Violator and just be like, I don't get it. <laughs> this, this guy doesn't look cool. <laughs> Shit, he set off his own uh, influence, man. And then we got some Jim Valentino joints, right? Yeah. The Pact. It's fun, too. A lot of the second, uh, like, the second wave of the first image dudes, like Valentino, Freak Force being the Eric Larson spinoff team. Go back to our earliest uh, Wizard coverage in, like, you know, Wizard 10, 9 or 10, when they're talking about the books that they're going to be putting out. And Valentino, it was going to be the Pact and Shadowhawk, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, the Pact was mentioned super early. This is years later. It's got to be, it's got to be dicey when you, it's like, well, I can do one book, so now I got to, like, hire people? How does that work? Yeah, I think Valentino was known for his books did ship on time, so, like, he wasn't soliciting that next that team book wasn't cashing in like some of these guys did before they had the book ready to go yeah man a fun little trip joe matarera's savage dragon k faber's like good that's a good yeah i was just gonna say that's a good one for that dollar box pool you know like you might come across that in a dollar bin and it's like that's kind of cool if you're a, you're a joe mad fan yeah totally like follow subscribe to the youtube channel hit the bell so that we can notify you when new videos are available, Jimmy and I are going to or have just come back from uh, Heroes Con in Charlotte, North Carolina. It was great seeing you, or we'll see you there, <laughs> depending on when you uh, when this video comes out. Uh, Cartoonist Kayfabe Comic Book Christmas in July is happening the last Saturday of July. This is going to be uh, the day that we group. I got a box put together, man, of all my doubles and uh, comps that I'm going to be sprinkling around uh, Pittsburgh and sharing with uh with the local community no red rooms of course uh in in those uh libraries it's our effort to uh to share comics with the the, the outside world man and uh, we encourage everybody to do the same uh there are websites where you could see where your lo free little lending libraries are in your neighborhood or maybe you know where a couple of them are uh stop by them and uh put some fresh comics in there but the vids are brought to you by the books that we make jimmy Tell the people what you got out in the wild. Street Angel Princess of Poverty is my next release from Image Comics. It'll be out later this year and collect all of the Street Angel comics that are not in Deadliest Girl Alive. Also available and back in print from Image. So if you missed it the first time around, pick that up now. Hulk Grand Design, fluorescent green, treasury sized. That one is in stores right now while supplies last. And Plain Jane, still in print, the first young adult graphic novel. And you can join me on patreon.com slash jimrug to see my latest comics being serialized there. The canaries are gleaming with the Hip Hop Family Tree cover proofs for the Omnibus Edition. We got our gold foil. We're making adjustments. It's going to be fresh. It's going to be fly. Uh, you're not going to be able to ignore it when it's in the shops. What we're doing is collecting all four volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree. You see that, man? That's like a two and a half, three inch diameter, like a, like a uh, length right there, man. Like that's a, that's a lot of lot of book to consume there. Uh, we're adding 140 pages of material that is not in those four volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree. Uh, very excited about that. Uh, got notes from the publisher. Lots of you put in pre-orders. Uh, grab an extra copy, man. I'm sure you got a Hip Hop fan in your life, and if you don't, you probably got an X Men fan in your life. Uh, so scoop up the X-Men Grand Design Trilogy trade paperback that Marvel's putting out in November. Plenty of time before the holiday season, collecting all of my uh, X-Men Grand Design works. 
and uh, Red Room Crypto Killers is the fresh comic that I'm working on right now. Going to be monthly for four issues. First issue is out. Uh, the uh, second issue is going to be coming out uh, at any point now. Uh, grab, make sure you put in an order uh, at your shop for the third issue because that's going to be a hot key introducing characters that I'm going to be working on for the next couple of years maybe. Uh, but Red, Red Room is about murder on the dark web for fun and profit. Every issue is self-contained. So if you see an issue, scoop it up, give it a shot. And uh, if you dig it, grab another issue. But Jimmy, tell the people what else we got going on. Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, hats, mugs, stickers, and more at our spread shop. That link is also under this video. All great ways to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Give them those marching orders and we'll be on our way, Jimmy. Read more comics.